So many things have ruined my childhood So I go online to bitch and cry It feels like all of Hollywood is up against me They even made Optimus Fly New versions of what I grew up with Are being remade, rebooted and retried My adolescence is under attack now I think that a part of me has died Aliens, uh -huh, uh -huh. Predators, uh -huh, uh -huh. Marvel, uh -huh, uh -huh. DC, uh -huh, uh -huh. maybe it doesn't all quite stay. Okay, well, except maybe for that Jar Jar Binks. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. everyone and welcome to this podcast ruined my childhood i'm phil and with me is eric eric why don't you say hi to all the nice people out there uh diva diva deep that's awful folks and joining us this week we also have another special guest connor why don't you uh say hey to everybody out there in podcast ruin land hey everyone how's it going sorry sorry my voice sounds a little shot uh i was at a music festival this weekend and that's why so just wanted to get that out of the way nice nice yeah everybody will will just hear your voice and think that you maybe you know we're we're caught in some kind of acme trap or something pete send this clown to the rejects wait oh! i guess he fell for it So this week, we are going to be talking about some pretty interesting films. Uh, we're going to go way back to discuss Space Jam and then bring it, bring it home with Space Jam, A New Legacy. So Connor, since you're our special guest this week, why don't you tell us a little bit about your memories of the original Space Jam? Yeah, so I am 25, so... We, we said this a little bit before the show started, actually. Phil was saying that I was like the prime age uh, for Space Jam. So I actually played basketball when I was a kid. When I was in like late elementary school, throughout middle school, I, I played basketball. So the movie definitely was like a fun one for me to watch, right? And over the summer, I went to basketball camp a couple of times. And they'd literally show us Space Jam, like, every time. Like, when it was time to eat lunch, Space Jam would be on, you know? Uh, and, like, at the end of the camp, if it was like, okay, we're going to watch, like, a movie, odds are it was going to be Space Jam. So, um, you know, I haven't seen it in a little bit, but I would say, like, is it a classically good movie, like, no, probably not. But but uh, certainly enjoyed it when I was the right age for it, mm -hmm. and I've got some good nostalgia for it as well. 
So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's perfect. It came out the year you were born. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. It's you didn't live a life without Space Jam. This is true. And when you watch it, like it's very like like it's seriously just so you know late to mid nineties, early two thousands. Like the vibe is just exactly that. You know. Yep. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> um, Eric, how about you? What are your memories of Space Jam? I think yours are more similar to mine. Yeah, I <clears throat> I did not uh, see it the first time around. I really had no interest. This would have been uh, 1996. I was in college. I really wasn't. Well, I worked at a movie theater, but like I usually just watched the movies that came to my theater because they were free. And this went to the theater on the other side of the street. And so I didn't go see this one. Um, but I really had no interest. Michael Jordan was not on the top of my list back then. I Detroit Piston fan. And if anybody <laughs> has seen uh, the Michael Jordan documentary, they know there was not very good blood between the Pistons and the Bulls back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly appreciated his skill as an athlete. I would uh, entertain any discussion of Jordan being the GOAT for sure. But at the time, I was into college. I was into theater. I was not really into basketball movies. So so this one passed me by. And I actually watched Space Jam Legacy first, as you discussed, Phil. And then I went back and I just watched Space Jam last night. So it would be gooey and awful and dripping in my mind and so fresh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so fresh. So, so fresh. Uh, so fresh and so cool, as they would say back in the 90s. Um, I So for my memories, I, again, same thing. Like in 96, I was in high school. I was a freshman or a sophomore, when it, depending on when this came out in high school. And, um, you know, we are both gramps to Connor on the show. But I it also missed me because I was not a huge basketball fan. So I... I again, didn't really care. I liked Michael Jordan. Um, Sorry, Eric, I did like Michael Jordan. And I would kind of watch a game if it was on and I knew the Bulls were playing the the Knicks or the Nets, because I lived in New York. So but I was a baseball fan and a football fan. So any baseball or football movies that came out, I saw. But basketball, I didn't really pay attention to hockey movies I didn't pay attention to, except for Mighty Ducks, one, two, one and two. But it just this movie again it passed me by and i think it took until probably about 10 years ago for me to actually check it out and it was it's funny because uh, i work for disney and 10 years ago i was leading a college internship program and all of the college students on the internship program with the disney college program love space jam i mean they were kind of like connor is like prime age for this movie and every we, we instituted something during my tenure there uh, where my one of my coordinators or my intern or, you know, somebody wanted to do a movie night every month. And so one of the months that they chose the movie for movie night, it was Space Jam. So that was the first time I ever watched it was with all of these college students working for Disney that, you know, they're already like into animation and into like these types of movies and just they were cheering and they were laughing and like it really got me into Space Jam. 
And so I, you know, like I said, I hadn't seen it until about 10 years ago, but my first experience watching it with like 30 people that loved it was actually a really good experience. So um, these, these kids had never seen a movie before? They had never seen a movie before. <laughs> wow. So they were just like, this is amazing. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. They'd never seen a movie before. If that makes sense. <laughs> wow. This is going to go really off the rails, I think, with, with you talking about it, Eric. But but it was, it was a fun thing to watch. You know, I got caught up and swept up in their excitement for the movie, even though I could tell, you know, it wasn't a good movie. It was still something that they cared about and they thought was fun and funny. And so I was... I was on board that night. And then I didn't revisit it for several years after that. Um, and we watched it, I think probably the second or third time I watched it, we watched it with my daughter last year during quarantine. And um, you know, my wife is, what, eight years younger than me. So she also has um, more of a, a fond remembrance of this movie. Not like she thinks it's the best, but she remembers enjoying it when she was little. And so we watched it with Harper, and Harper thought it was funny to see Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and, you know, all the Looney Tunes characters play basketball. So it was a, it was another interesting watch. Again, you know, I uh, sitting down on my couch during 2020 pandemic watching Space Jam, I think I watched it a little more closely, maybe, and, and saw some of the real ridiculous stuff in there that I kind of hadn't noticed while the other students in the college program were cheering but um you know now i've seen it probably three to four times and it's it's a movie it's a movie from the mid 90s and that's uh that's kind of all you can ask for from it when you're thinking about putting looney tunes characters with michael jordan and bill murray and you wayne knight let's not forget you, wayne knight you saw it three to four times in total yes were you were you bad was somebody punishing you? What did you do? <laughs> so let's uh, let's move along now to talking about that film. So Eric, you obviously have some very strong opinions, but Connor, take us through like what the movie means to you, and like what what it. And don't let Eric get you down when he throws in his little <laughs> snide remarks. But like, take us through the film and and some of the things that really stood out to you and that you enjoyed. Hmm. Well, I guess the thing that really stood out back then was like seeing these NBA legends on the the screen, like in a movie, in like a fantasy movie. And I mean, along with the Looney Tunes, because, you know, when I was a kid, I watched Looney Tunes sometimes. It wasn't like a cartoon that we visited a ton. It was more so like SpongeBob and like Jimmy Neutron and stuff. But we watched some Looney Tunes and I was very familiar with the characters um, so it just was like this weird mix of things going on that I guess when you're 11 or whatever is just very appealing to look at, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's not like when, when I look back at childhood movies and stuff and, you know, my absolute favorites that it's like, man, I'm feeling nostalgic today. I'm going to throw an old movie on this one is very rarely going to be that movie if, if ever, but when someone brings up Space Jam, I'm still going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember watching that at a basketball camp or, or whatever. Because um, you got to admit, it's the perfect movie to, to throw on for a bunch of preteens oh, at basketball yeah. camp. Like, for there's sure. not a better one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I, I guess the, the moments that stick out is just, 
obviously Michael's special stuff is kind of the the moment that I always remember the most for for whatever reason. Uh, the the final game is I feel like a bit more of a basketball game than the the second movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, it's it's definitely not a classically good movie at all. And if I probably would have not seen it as a kid and watched it later, I probably would have been in the same boat as like Eric, for example, where I would just be like, yeah, this is stupid. Like, this is bad. But you know, here's some- where I can I can totally relate to you, though, on on the superstars level, like mm. watching Space Jam last night. I did feel like a 13, 14 year old kid again, seeing Patrick Ewan and Muggsy Bowes and. Yeah. Larry Johnson, you know, that, that was like, wow, that though I had all their cards. I, I, I was into the NBA at that age, Piston fan, but still those were the stars. So, so that last night I really, really appreciated. And I think I even appreciated more in space jam because space jam legacy barely had any other NBA players in it. Yeah. Whereas, and, and, and when they were in it, they were, very very mild appearances these guys and then they were animated right and and but barkley and them i mean they were even beyond like cameo they were like almost like actually had roles even though the role was themselves they they were in the movie and that felt like a more complete picture to me versus space jam legacy where you just it it was yeah but yeah. but yes, on that level, I I totally was loving seeing those stars because at that moment I was like, wow, man! If I was 14, 13 when this came out, that would have been awesome. Yeah, because you know you're you're not paying so much attention at that age to like the script, you know, like the acting chops that everyone has. But like, it's funny too because a lot of those players were a little bit before my time as well. Like when like I didn't see this movie when it first came out because well. I was either an infant or not quite born yet, but, sure. um, you know, so like my time, a lot of those players are still playing, you know, like someone like LeBron James, who we'll get to in a bit, of course, but, um, I knew the players, like I knew them, like, I'm like, oh, it's Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, uh, of course, Michael Jordan. And, um, you know, I, you've mentioned you were a Piston fan. I'm a Magic fan. So, in terms of superstars, we've not really had too many of those. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't harbor a lot of ill will towards most of the superstars, just because most of the time I've been a Magic fan, we haven't been able to beat anybody. Besides, and this is, you know, we'll get into this later again, but how you said, like, Jordan was kind of an adversary for your Pistons. LeBron was kind of an adversary for the Magic when we actually were good with Dwight, so... Mm-hmm. we'll get to that a little later yeah. yeah that's interesting so i will say for me watching the movie um 10 years or so ago i what i loved was that freaking bill murray was in it like it's so stupid but bill murray plays a pretty ridiculous bill murray style character and so um seeing him along with all these other stars so you know, like i said i wasn't huge into basketball but my dad was and he you know, unfortunately, love the Knicks. <laughs> um, but I I appreciated all the stars when I when I saw them. I was like, oh yeah, I remember Larry Bird's so good. Charles Barkley, he's crazy now, but man, he was good. 
and um but but what really threw me off i i didn't really realize bill murray was in it and had a pretty good sized part um and then of course it's always funny seeing wayne knight in a film because i all i ever hear is either him yelling at jerry or uh yelling at dotson um and so uh i thought you know the cast was it was fine it was kind of what you'd expect of a movie like this except adding bill murray in it made it a little bit better Um, well bill murray just rounds out the trifecta because you've got you've got the cartoons for the kids Mm -hmm. you've got sports stars and then it's like we need that one more element Mm -hmm. and this is where i think the original is a little bit better than the space jam legacy in that respect where it, it at least tried to analyze its audience and say like well how do we get these people in the seats and and bill murray is certainly that third part to bring in that little bit of adult audience that you might not catch with uh jordan and the sports stars yeah yeah exactly it's the parents bringing their kids for the cartoons are there for either the sports stars or bill murray so it it was i think it was pretty good balance of all that um the looney tunes so you, you brought up a point before connor that you watched looney tunes but you had other cartoons that you were into at the time and for me looney tunes and i think eric maybe you too but looney tunes were pretty much a regular um on regular rotation as a kid Mm -hmm. and so it was again like in in the mid 90s i had grown out of that phase but seeing it again in my 30s like hey it's cool to see the looney tunes in a film like this eric any any thoughts did that bring up anything in your in your memories no i mean they they were yeah they were saturday morning cartoon they were the last one on uh abc i believe and after all the other cartoons were done they, they came on at 11 i think they were the 11 to noon slot or the 10 30 to noon slot and but and and I liked them. They like uh, I can't remember what restaurant it was off the top of my head. If it was Arby's, or I don't think it was Burger King, but they had a whole set of Looney Tunes glasses, like twelve of them. And I mm-hmm. think I had ten of the twelve, and they were super duper cool. Um, but yeah, bugs in them were definitely way more prevalent in the eighties and and the nineties. I think they were probably. <laughs> just maybe starting to wane but still yeah. popular enough that it was possible to make a movie with them versus even again with space jam legacy like it's almost like eh, who are these guys popular enough to carry a movie with lebron clunky actor james yeah. i mean is that <laughs> are I, they good enough co-stars <laughs> i agree and i think when you think about what wb has in their properties I think it's it's a good try for them for a new legacy to to bring these characters back because if you look in the past 10 years or so Disney kind of revitalized the Muppets and that was something that was big in the in the 70s 80s early 90s uh, so WB looking at how Disney got the Muppets to come back and be very popular with the Muppets um, movie that came out and then Muppets Most Wanted it seems like they were just like, all right, you know what? We had something that was really popular 25 years ago. 
We've been trying to get a sequel off the ground. Let's do it. And arguably LeBron is the star to do it. Right. I don't think you really had, except, and Connor, you mentioned the magic. I think Shaquille O'Neal could have got a movie like this off the ground 10 Mm. years ago. You know, I mean, he's, he's certainly a, a large enough presence to, to make a movie like this happen. Um, and, and, and just as you were talking about the magic, it actually made me think right now, like, why did Shaquille O'Neal never do this? Like the, he would have been the perfect guy to follow this up. Like even after the original, like somewhere around the two thousands. But I mean, I guess at that point he was still kind of in his career and not really the Shaquille O'Neal I'll advertise for anything guy that we know now. <laughs> yeah. So, so oh, maybe that was part of it. Jones. Just the, yeah, maybe just the timing of his career and everything. But uh and and honestly, I can't believe they didn't even throw him in as a, a cameo. Like he wouldn't like jump at it. I, I yeah, that, that seems like a big miss in Space Jam Legacy for sure to not have Shaquille in there. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm sure if they asked, he would have been like, "Yeah, I'll do it." Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that would have been hilarious. But maybe that's what they were afraid of. Honestly, is Shaquille upstaging LeBron because yeah. You know, Shaquille certainly has way more experience in being that kind of a personality versus mm. LeBron. So, so maybe they didn't they didn't want that overshadow or or what. But I don't know. Um, but sh- not not having Shaquille do a movie like this seems like like you really missed out on one. Yeah, I I kind of agree. Um, and you, you know, the other person that would be the star to do it would would have been Kobe too, but. We never really got to the end of his career, unfortunately. Sure. Um, yeah. So just to, to loop back and kind of finish up on Space Jam. So the movie, it's a it's a weird plot, but it's a plot, obviously, that's going to hook in kids. There's a an animated alien character played by Danny DeVito who owns an amusement park, and he wants to get the Looney Tunes to be part of his theme park. And so his... So you've already lost me right there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. Uh, Honestly, dude, this movie is so complicated. (laughs) I have no idea what is going on. Hmm. Um, Having not seen Space Jam originally, I thought that uh, it was the Martian looney tunes character was trying to take over the earth or something and bugs and the quote like good looney tunes had to play basketball against him i thought this was like an internal looney tunes thing Mm -hmm. but then when we go to moron mountain a theme park in space i'm like okay um this is interesting we're we're at a uh marketing meeting for a theme park um and the and their genius idea is to drag the looney tunes out of retirement and make them the mascots so it's like okay all right all right we can work with that this guy's obviously been to a six flags yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) so then then though they get on a spaceship and they go to earth into the core of the planet where the looney tunes live and you're yeah, asking you're asking me to to buy into a lot of things here, <laughs> like right it's off like the get go. Yeah, you think 
they would have at least like given us the Looney Tune backstory before we get into this movie, but I don't think we ever knew that they lived in the center of the earth, right? <laughs> not, right. not that I can and you recall. Have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you have to go through the Warner Brothers logo to get there? Of course, yeah. Well, I obviously. Did. I just wonder if it's like a specific Warner Brothers logo or there's like one that's the actual portal or you can just go through any mm-hmm. of them that you see. Right. Because the Warner Brothers logo is like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and, the Matrix. You know, you just have to be make sure that the phone line's connected. And then once the landline's <laughs> connected, it's any of the Warner Brothers logos. Oh, gosh. And see, even that, it's not as herky-jerky, if we didn't start off with 10-year-old Michael Jordan and then Michael Jordan who has quit basketball and wants to play baseball now and then a spaceship flies over the game where they're at and it's like none of these things relate and it's it's like the weirdest whose line is it anyway? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> well, it's like in the writer's room, all they did was that that improv technique where you do yes and and continue going. Yeah. That's all it was. Speaking of which, four people wrote this. Yep. yep. And we know, Phil, yep. when you we get that out. more than two writers mm-hmm. stewing around there, <laughs> you end up with a hodgepodge. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, needless to say, I was, like, super-duper confused. Like, mm-hmm. I mean... Right out of the game. Plus, and, and, and I know this is a 1996 uh, movie to start with, but uh, you're already asking me to believe that R. Kelly is a popular singing musician, and <laughs> <laughs> you're hitting me right away with, oh, I got to remember this. Yep, we got to go back I to I believe him. I can yeah. fly. We gotta go back oh. to before the scandals. <laughs> You're asking me that a whole lot. Remember, this is a time when R. Kelly was respected and revered. Yep. And there is a theme park on the moon. And <laughs> yep. what is this? It's it's pretty insane. It's pretty insane. Um, they go and they they want to get Michael Jordan to or the Swackhammer is Danny DeVito's character's name. Swackhammer. I just let's stew on that for a second. He <laughs> he goes and he he gets wants to get the Looney Tunes and I just you're right you know it's there's all of this convoluted setup where when I I remember when I saw the trailers for this and I saw there were like aliens playing basketball I was kind of in the same boat you were Eric and I kind of thought that for a long time until I saw it five to whatever I said, like eight years ago, whatever it was. And I thought Marvin the Martian was going to play a much bigger role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to have ties to it or, or it was going to be another like alien. That's a new character, but Marvin teams up with them or he has to help bugs and team figure out how to stop them because they're all aliens. Mm-hmm. It, but no, I mean, it's just, you got, you got to play basketball. And that's that's kind of it. You just got to make sure you can you can uh, dunk over some aliens. <laughs> yep, pretty much. That's that's what the, well, and, what the plot is, right? And dunk here's over the another alien. part of it that just sort of threw me is when they do go to uh, the aliens go to Looney Tune Land, and then they're trying to get bugs, and then they're like, "Hey, we're going to take you." And then 
I don't remember how it comes out exactly, but at some point, Bug says, oh, we're going to go to three-dimensional land? And I'm like, well, wait, what are the aliens then? Because they're cartoons too, and they came from space through Earth to two-dimensional land. Like, it, it doesn't, like, all jive together. Like, a statement like that just made me think, well... What, wait, what are you then? What are the aliens? What what sort of a thing are we kind of cobbling together here? Yeah, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It just, it seriously, it, it was such a... I mean, nothing, nothing yeah, about it makes sense. It was just such a ride from the, from the very beginning. Like, oh, Michael Jordan as a kid, okay. Oh, he retires. Oh, he's going to play baseball. Because everybody remembers, if, you know, if you were a, you know... A teenager yeah. then and you're into sports that Michael Jordan tried baseball and it did not go as epic as I'm sure he was hoping it would have and uh and then you know basketball is where he belongs and I don't know if it took him this Looney Tunes movie to realize that or not but I mean I guess he ended up in the right place ultimately um yeah but then, yeah, it's like, hey, we need uh, we need Michael Jordan to teach us how to play basketball, and then we're gonna steal the the aliens are gonna steal the abilities of all the other NBA players. Hey, if if, if this movie gave us anything, it gave us Lola Bunny, <laughs> which made a lot of, which made a lot of young boys feel very weird towards Looney Tune characters back in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. It 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 made me feel a little bit weird watching it all these years later and especially since you started it off with an R. Kelly song. Right. I was I was all sorts of confused. <laughs> well it's funny to me, Eric, and we'll talk about it in a second, but we watched Space Jam too and you saw that before the first and Lola is a pretty big part in that. And so I know you knew she came from Space Jam, but like, was there anything that you were missing in Space Jam 2? Or did you just kind of go with it because the movie was so insane to begin with? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know where she really came from. Um, I, I, yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't missing anything. It's just like, you know, Pepe the Prawn popping up in all the uh, Muppet stuff now. It's like, eh, new character. Who yeah. knows? Okay. Somebody all did right. their research and decided a sexy female rabbit is what Looney Tunes has been missing all these years. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it sure is what Bugs has been missing, you know? Poor guy. Yeah. I, the, thing, the thing about the Looney Tunes is that what I guess sets Looney Tunes apart from from Disney characters and Disney cartoon characters is that there never really was a pairing of Looney Tune characters. You know, not every male or female character had a, a mate where with Disney characters, Mickey had Minnie and there were cartoons about them and Donald had Daisy and there were cartoons about them. And so I think they were trying to say, all right, well, Bugs, Bugs needs somebody that is his partner. And so they gave us this weirdly sexual basketball playing goddess of a bunny mm -hmm. and so I, I don't know maybe that was just part of it to try to bring in more of an audience that liked a mickey mini combo now they want a bugs and lola combo i don't know i don't know maybe that's just maybe that's just on us for sexualizing her 
Maybe she's Probably just a confident woman and, you know, rabbit yeah. woman, whatever. Yeah. Most likely. So, uh, but she was a little flirty. Um, she was a little flirty. Little, yeah, a little flirty. <laughs> so, um, I get, you know, skipping all ahead, the Michael tells Danny DeVito's character, Schwack, whatever his name is, yeah. that, um, he will become the mascot if they lose the game that they have to play. And so that is their deal, is that if they, if they lose, Michael Jordan will go. But if they win, the Monstars and Smackhammer have to leave. Mm-hmm. And so they play the ultimate sports basketball battle at the Toon Stadium Arena. Mm-hmm. So this is really where the movie actually has the sequences and scenes that people really remember because this Mm -hmm. is like the most exciting part of the movie. So Connor, take us back. You know, you're young, you're watching at a basketball camp. How did you feel seeing Jordan play against the Monstars? Uh, that's a, that's an interesting question. How did I feel? Well, (laughs) I guess at the time I, I would say I, I felt pretty entertained. Um, and I think I kind of mentioned this before, but I wouldn't say it was one of those movies that, like, when I look back on my childhood, it's, like, one of the absolute staples, you know. But I enjoyed it. So I guess I would just say it was, like, something that when it was on, it had my attention and I enjoyed myself. Um, mm-hmm. But, of course, I always did like to watch basketball. And maybe being at basketball camp, gave it a little more novelty at the time as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. seeing it at that age, I was like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And this, this, this end part, this is what you're waiting for the whole movie, right? Yeah, for sure. They're, they're actually going to play now. And so Eric, you just watched it. What stands out about it? I mean, it feels like it's a, a weird, it's a weird Looney Tunes version of NBA jam video game, right? Right. <laughs> That's Not, nothing. You can say about it. Yeah, nothing really stood out to me. It's just you, you knew Michael Jordan wasn't going to end up in the moon or wherever, Moron Mountain, signing autographs forever. And it, he was going to find a way to win. And, you know, the, there were no stakes, obviously, in this. So it was just to watch, like, silly shenanigans. Um, I guess probably the highlight of the film was Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think so too. I liked, you know, he, he was, it was Bill Murray at his like cameo best. Honestly, mm-hmm. he, his lines were funny. They were brief. They hit where they needed to. Like I loved when they were playing golf with Larry Bird and, <laughs> and uh, he's, they sit, they get in the cart after Jordan is like sucked down the hole. And he's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give us uh twos on that one. You know, I'm going to give us twos. And so Larry Bird's like, Oh yeah, thanks. Thanks man. Like that to me is just funny. Like just both from a golf point of view of like how golfers just, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Yeah. How about yeah. this? You know, you know, golfers playing the unofficial games, you know, just having fun. It's like, you're going to give me that putt. You're going to give me that. Yeah. I'm going to give you a two on that one. Yeah. That that made me laugh. And then when he shows up mm-hmm. and he's got this dream of playing in the NBA and then he finally gets to do it. Uh that right. was that was good. And uh Yeah, 
they kept him brief, kept him kept him funny, and uh, uh, I don't know what I would have thought in 1996, having seen all the marketing and thought Bill Murray's in this, and then been like, oh, Bill Murray's barely in this. Mm-hmm. But seeing it now, just from the comfort of the couch, it's like, oh yeah, that was enough Bill Murray. You wouldn't want too much more because I'm already like so confused. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I like how in, I, I, how much of Bill, you know, Bill Murray always ad libs. I wonder how much of this he, he just threw out and they kept in, you know, how many takes they did of different ways of him doing it. I love it when they're in the game and it always stands out to me, but Bill Murray is giving them direction on how to play and he doesn't know anybody's name. So yes. he calls Daffy Duck Duck and he says, you, you know, like, I think it's kick it to the girl bunny. Girl bunny, and dish yeah. It back to, dish it back to the guy bunny and then swing it around to Mike. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. That was, again, uh, it was a, it was a great cameo. He, he, he hit all the notes. He's what you, like, again, in 96, I would have been like, oh, that's all. But okay. He was really funny. We should have had more yeah. of him. But now yep. from maybe more adult perspective, if you can call me an adult, I don't know. I'm just older. <laughs> uh, I was like, that was, a, that was perfect. Too much more would have like spoiled it. But speaking of the cameos, though, I think what this movie has all over Space Jam 2 is a real connection with the other NBA players. Mm-hmm. Like, that was actually really funny to me. And again, in 96, I would have been like, wow, that's hilarious. And even now, today in 2021, I'm like, wow, that was hilarious. Um. It's kind of funny, though, to see a younger Barkley who hadn't gone on yet to do all the Barkley stuff that he's, you know, done in broadcasting and everything. And he's a little bit shyer, a little more reserved than than the kind of the Barkley, you know, if you threw him in a movie today, he'd be like insane. But back then, yeah. he was a little shyer. You could kind of see that. Um, but Muggsy Bogues, like, slayed me. He's like, yeah. man, if I can't play in the NBA, I'm just short. Like, he's like, that's all I am. If I'm not an NBA player, oh. He had one other line, too, that I was like, dude, he they gave him some gold. That is funny stuff. Is it about the mama line? I don't he's remember. talking to a psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. He's like, yes. what are you saying? I'm trying to, I'm trying to disobey my mama? Yeah. <laughs> he's just... Everything he said, he was just so funny. Um, and then, and then, yeah, and then we got to see, like, you know, the them kind of quote unquote act like they were getting possessed or depossessed, rather, their spirit leaving them. And it's like, wow, look, they're actually using these guys. Cause I, you know, Space Jam 2, I didn't think the additional cast of characters that they threw in there got any time at all. And, they were just sort of underused, in my opinion. But Space Jam, I felt, at least developed the side plot of the of the spirit right. of the NBA players being taken. And they used them. It wasn't just a one-note, one-scene, and then we bring them back at the end. They actually utilized them. So that, that actually was probably the highlight of the Space Jam movie for me was, was Bill the Murray. The and then the, the additional characters. Like, they felt developed. The plot right. was all over the place, but they felt like they were developed. Yeah. Yeah, so Eric, remind me because you just watched this, or or, or Connor, remind me because you, you've seen it a couple more times. 
does the world know about what happened in at the end of this that they saved like the Looney Tunes and or do they know nothing and it's just kind of this happened in Looney Tunes two dimensional land and <laughs> and that's it. I don't remember if there was any indication either way on that one. I don't recall. I don't think the world knew because uh, because the last thing you see on Earth is they've tarped off the the forum because mm-hmm. they're not letting any NBA players play until they figured out what's going on with uh, Barkley and the rest of them that they, you know, NBA players are getting sick and can't play basketball anymore. So the last thing you see is that all tarped off and, and then you just go to the, to to the, to the Looney Tunes uh, Coliseum or whatever it was. And then, and then it's just over. So, okay. Cause I mean, ultimately the stakes barely matter to the world in general, like either Michael Jordan goes to moron mountain or he doesn't. (laughs) Everybody else is life now (laughs) as we transition into Space Jam, a new legacy, which came out in 2021, you know, 25 years after the first. And that's this movie. They try to create stakes. You know, they they manufacture stakes by having the entire world see this Mm -hmm. and know what's happening. And so let's let's dive into that movie, because that movie, it does the same thing that Space Jam does, where it starts with a young LeBron. And, you know, it tries to really tries to mimic the first. It tries to either pay homage to it or just steal right from it. I don't know. I, I really don't know which, which it is. But they start with young LeBron. They show him, you know, really wanting to play and how his coach tells him he can be great. And then it fast forwards to older LeBron and he has kids and he's doing all of these things to, you know, maximize his brand and one of the things he's doing to maximize his brand is work with warner brothers and they go and he goes to a pitch meeting with warner brothers about ways to use him in all of their marketing and they've created a an ai called algorithm or algorithm that's what it is right algorithm and the ai has a way to place him into any movie and he doesn't have to be there to make the movie. It could just be any old movie he can be put into it or any future movie he can just be automatically dropped into it. And with his wooden performance, I kind of felt like that happened with Space Jam 2. Oh, what a bump. (laughs) 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 So let's... Let's get, you know, I just kind of gave the first 25 minutes of the movie away because nothing happens until 25 (laughs) minutes in. But what are both of your first Uh, impressions of of this movie? uh, So was there anticipation, Connor, of it coming out? Like, were you excited? Were you first off a little upset that it got pushed due to the pandemic? And then was it like, all right, HBO Max, I'm ready for you when it came out? (laughs) No, I I pretty much had no excitement going in. Um, I'll be honest. I was like pretty certain that it was going to be bad and i was also like okay it's 2021 you know let's even give it the benefit of the doubt and say it was supposed to come out in 2020 right that's still like almost 25 years after the original it's like who's asking for this and i you know i was a i was like i would say a casual fan of space jam back in the day when i was a kid 
but it never crossed my mind over the years, like where I was thinking, you know what would be really good? Another one of these. Like, so no, I, I can't really say that I was excited going in. Um, mm-hmm. But I was still like, okay, I'm going to watch it because it's it's got to be a dumpster fire of some kind. Yeah. You know, and I just, I would be too curious to not watch it. Um, and yeah, that it pretty much lived up to that expectation, I would say. Um, it sure did. LeBron, well, LeBron's acting was something, huh? The wine, <laughs> the wine delivery. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, it's not like the script was good. Like a, a lot of the, the one liners and stuff were just really cringe. But the the line delivery was, oh my goodness, it was bad. <laughs> well, it's it's so like bad. it's like we were talking about earlier though, with who's asking for this. Like I was surprised that they didn't do something like this with Shaq way earlier. Mm-hmm. Like and and we're in this weird period of time now, as far as movies go, where it doesn't matter how long ago the original was. We're making sequels, making reboots, making prequels, making reboot, sequel, prequels, requels. Yeah, Yeah. anything is fair game anymore uh, as far as dollar signs are concerned. And and LeBron, as far as, you know, his stature in basketball goes, he he definitely is somebody that you would choose to do something like this. But again, like why you would do it again, it's like, hey, let's dust warner brothers uh looney tunes off and let's get them out and let's try something um but honestly i i don't think lebron has the the charm of michael jordan i wouldn't say michael could act that much better but he at least felt like a personality Mm. like he's he has a warmth to him yeah where lebron just seems a little stiff and I can't really connect the same way that like Jordan, you know, and again, this is the Jordan of the nineties when he was all over the place and he's on Wheaties boxes and, you know, he had a whole bunch of other promos and everything. And he just seemed like a warm, charming guy. Um, But, but LeBron, I never got that sense from him. Not that he's a bad guy. I just never got like that, that sense about him. And, Anyway. They did uh, rehash some personal issues in the opening credits. Um, I, I did mention before that I'm a Magic fan, and I believe the opening credits had both him hitting his famous shot in the playoffs against us, mm-hmm. which was, you know, annoying because I still see it every once in a while, and we're the ones that won that series in the end. So that's a thing. Yeah. But then they showed him doing, like, the decision where he – basically yep. has an hour long TV special to say, Hey, I'm leaving my yep. hometown team and joining uh, the super team in Miami, which as an Orlando fan who was in middle school at the time with a bunch of, you know, sports fans who are pretty fickle. I watched a lot of people switch from the magic to the heat and it was a, it was a difficult time. So didn't appreciate having to see that again. Um, and, and and like wow. you were saying before, so this movie just really hurt you. a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And show me on this podcast where this movie touched you. <laughs> definitely my soul. Um, no, like, and, and then 
you were talking about like the the movie asks you to like just kind of buy into a lot of stuff this one does as well like this kid lebron's son who is you know not into the basketball thing as much as he is the the gaming thing he's developed this yeah. like super complicated technology <laughs> that, that as far as i can tell does not exist in the real world yet nope. it's not nope. it's not available and he's like 12 years old and did this on his personal desktop from his bedroom mm-hmm. i was like okay <laughs> Like I guess I'm just he's got one to little believe that. Yeah, he's got like one little IBM computer, and uh, it has the server power to power this whole <laughs> app that he's created. Yeah, like like I said, it's not like it's an app where it's just like I don't know that Crossy Road game or something. Like it, it's like brand new technology that we have not reached as a society yet. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, and his name is Dominic. So Dom is the one. So Darius, he has two sons in the game, Darius and Dominic. And Darius is a you know young LeBron. Dom can't you know he d- he doesn't want to touch a basketball. He wants to stay on his phone and his computer. And so of course LeBron brings Dom to his Warner Brothers pitch meeting to try to get Dom inspired. But then Dom is really interested in the technology that they're using. So he wants to understand more about algae rhythm. And so algae rhythm recognizes this because Don Cheadle is just chewing up scenery in all the wrong ways, trying to be this character. And he, he takes Dom and steals him and, and takes him hostage so that LeBron will create a basketball team to play against algae rhythms basketball team which he doesn't have a basketball team so i don't quite understand why he thinks this is a good idea and basically just brings lebron into the server verse because we need verse for everything right now right we need a spider verse a multiverse and now a server verse (laughs) and well in both of these movies it's basically like sucking him in to a Warner Brothers commercial. This whole movie is a pat on the back for Warner Brothers saying, look at everything we own that you love. Yeah, this is when, like, hashtag references begins. <laughs> the funniest for me, and I mean, like you said, it's pretty much just from here on out. It's pretty nonstop. Um, I mean, like, we'll get to the basketball game, of course, but, like, all the spect- you just have like King Kong sitting there watching. It, it, it's weird. Pennywise is there. It, it's weird. Um, but mm-hmm. when he like crash lands on wherever and he forms a perfect Nike swoosh when he crash lands, yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is just relentless. Like, yep. Oh my god. <laughs> well, the problem in both of these, yeah, the problem in both of these movies is the writers could not come up with any sort of real coherent way to bring the the Looney Tunes characters into the movie, which I think is really funny since that's the whole point of the movie is like, yeah, it's Space Jam. It's Michael Jordan playing basketball with the Looney Tunes. Cool. How do we get them there? Uh, and they just, they, they have to put them through the Warner we Brothers logo, the in, logo in the, yeah. yeah. And then, and then in the other one, it's like they live in the server verse and w- w- like, what are you talking about? Like, 
I mean, I haven't even bothered to like sit down and rewrite these movies for these people, but you, you could have simplified it. I mean, if you already had Martians coming, you should have just had Marvin the Martian trying to attack Earth. And then when he gets here, he runs into the Looney Tunes. If you've already got the alien things coming from Moron Mountain in the first one, then then they're already out there. They're in our world. You don't need to hide the Looney Tunes in the core of the planet or whatever. I I just think yep. they they just tried way. I'm too also hard wondering to... how popular the Looney Tunes are with kids today. <laughs> like, are they even relevant? Because I I literally don't know, but I I can't imagine that. You know, I mean, I imagine I that a lot of the kids that so. this movie was targeted at might not even know who the Looney Tunes are. And see, so you yeah, bring up a I, great point. I agree with that. And, and Phil, we haven't quite touched on this, but I think this is a good movie to, to do it. Um, and I mean, we might have touched on this on other podcasts, but when you say, like, kids today don't know who they are, and and I, I, I completely get that as far as, like, just being ready, set, go. Like, oh, it's the, you know, like... I don't know. Paw Patrol is big with the little kids now. So like you could say Paw Patrol, all the little kids know the Paw Patrol, but I don't, I don't know who the Paw Patrol characters are, but, and, and how popular it would be to just um, immediately get that audience. Right. And, and the same thing with the Muppets. It's like, well, this, who really connects with the Muppets anymore? But the thing is, it, it doesn't have to be something you can immediately connect with because at some point that stuff was new for us as children. Like I had to see the Muppets for the very first time at some point and yeah. watch the TV show and be like, oh, cool. Or there were other children who grew up when I did, saw the Muppets and went, eh, I don't, I don't like that. That's, that's not for me. So as far as like a, a connection and like why did you make it, who even knows who the Looney Tunes are, I think – they just needed to do a, a better job maybe at, at a reintroduction and, and and maybe that's what they tried with Space Jam. But I think if you would have even given us a 15 minutes or so to like get to know Bugs and Daffy and, oh, these are some yeah. kind of wacky cartoon folks and, you know, give us a real quick introduction to Bugs, Daffy, the, you know, the four or five main ones. And then, oh, that's who they are. Okay, that's cool. Because as it is, for a Looney Tunes movie, I don't think Bugs Bunny is even on screen until like 35 or 40 minutes into the yep. second film. Yep, I, I think so too. Here, here's where my mind kind of goes. I think that they're playing so heavily into nostalgia that they're expecting people who are were younger and knew the first Space Jam, not even knew the Looney Tunes, but knew the first Space Jam, to want to go see this movie with their kids. That's what I think they were hoping for. So that the parents that love Space Jam now are bringing their kids who will now get introduced to the Looney Tunes so that they can make a comeback. That's what I think they were trying to do here. And right. I think they failed pretty miserably because, yeah. first off, it's not a good movie. But secondly, like you mentioned, you don't get to spend any time with the Looney Tunes. You get bugs with LeBron. But then they go around to all these different Warner Brothers planets, server planets. I don't, I, don't, I don't quite understand it. But they go to these different servers that are planets that the Looney Tunes characters have moved to away from the Looney Tunes planet. <laughs> 
And none of that really makes sense. But what they're doing, they're just going around picking them up. And you don't get to know any of them. The only one you get to know a little bit is Bugs. And that's through his interactions with LeBron, which, again, if you're a kid watching this movie for the first time and getting to know who Bugs is, he is like a sad, depressed, weird character (laughs) for the first 10 minutes that you meet him. And who's going to want to relate to that? No kids are going to want to relate to this weird, sad, depressed bunny. Yeah. And so it's like off-putting from the start. This whole like portion of the movie where they're going to the different planets feels like a fever dream looking back. Mm -hmm. didn't they just like straight up use clips from the other movies and just throw them in there and then just kind of hastily put the characters in this movie like on top of the scene and stuff i'm like what yeah i mean wasn't lola bunny the uh in the matrix yeah like what the heck no the grandma the grandma was in the matrix i remember they did like casablanca at one point and they like Mm -hmm. they added like a freeze frame for one thing and that it was just so weird and like awkward and clunky i was like i'm like is this whole at this point in the movie i'm like this thing literally just exists so people can point at the screen like leonardo dicaprio in that one gif i know that thing yeah (laughs) or or captain america i understood that reference yeah because again they're making this movie what they're doing is they're making this movie for the adults now who were kids back in the day who have that now had the chance to see all these movies because no kids that you're bringing to this film know the matrix, no Casablanca. They might know the justice league, but even that it's like weird sequences of the justice league. It's, it's just very, very, like I said, off putting. And that's kind of how I felt the whole time watching all these sequences. Yeah. You, you can't take, 30 years of movies and cram it into one to get your audience to understand what you're trying to do. It doesn't, it's not efficient filmmaking. I don't think. No, no, it's not. But, but again, as far as like the, who's this for and the connection, I think you can still use these characters if you want to make a film both for a new generation and an older generation. What, what I think is sort of a fail though is like you said, you had the sad, depressed bugs. And if I'm going to point to one movie that sort of had, well, it didn't sort of had, it did have a box office success and it did a good job of telling the story of those characters that, <clears throat> that Muppet movie with Jason Siegel, the first one mm-hmm. yeah. that did a good job, but even that it still did this whole, Oh, the, you know, sad Kermit the Frog. I had all these Mm -hmm. friends and the friends are gone and I got to find these friends instead of just being fresh. Introduce us to Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Pretend like, you know, because there's, you know, Muppets Take Manhattan didn't fall right on the heels of the great Muppet caper. I mean, Kermit and Fozzie weren't bouncing around. They were just stories (laughs) where you just cram the Muppets in. Like this one, they're going to go to London and be reporters. This one, uh, the Muppets are going to try and sell their show to Broadway. And the first one is, here's how they all became friends. Like yep. those those are just stories and they're not uh, sequential. You can you can watch those movies. They can fit anytime, yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know is the, the dwelling on the past. I don't know. I don't know. How, I, I don't know how to do it exactly, but uh, this wasn't. Yeah. Right. 
It just this wasn't. Definitely wasn't it. So let's let's just jump in. We're running long on this this episode, longer than I expected for sure. But let's jump in. So the Goon Squad Algae Rhythm uses Dom's technology to upgrade server characters to become the Goon Squad, and so he takes again. He takes like traits of basketball players that Dom has scanned into his app to then create this goon squad. And so these these players turn into these monsters. Not monsters, but monsters. And so they they all have like crazy powers. And you talk about NBA Jam. This is like obviously NBA Jam for the 2020s. Um, their, their points score is, you know, it's like a single basket is a thousand points. It's crazy, but they go and they, they play and even the game feels just like it's, it's, I don't know, this movie, it has to have a basketball game, but again, it doesn't feel like there are any stakes. And even when they pull people from the real world into this server verse to watch the game, it still doesn't feel necessary <laughs> because at the end of the day, what is algae rhythm trying to get? He, he, what, he wants LeBron to be in every movie and then he wants to kill the, he wants to kill the Looney Tunes, but I don't quite understand his motivation for wanting to destroy the Looney Tune planet. Yeah, I would say um, as well, like this basketball game, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it, it felt like it was going on for like three hours. Like, oh my God, yeah. It was like the, the longest feeling game in, mm-hmm. in cinema history. <laughs> it was yes. it was rough, yeah. man. Um, it was. I couldn't believe when we got to halftime, Eric and I were sitting there watching the movie with our wives. And it got to halftime, and I think one of us looked to the other, or, or to all, everybody there, and said, it's only the half of the game. <laughs> like, you're right, this movie is 115 minutes, and it feels like it's four hours long. Yeah, it's, it's like, way too long. Like, at least the, the original Space Jam, I believe, it's just, like, just clean, like, 90 minutes. This movie, like, overstays its welcome in a big way. Like, I was so bored. And like you know, the the basketball game should be the climax and everything, but it was like the most boring part. Like I was so mm-hmm. deathly mm-hmm. bored during this whole part. Yep. Yep. And, and it, maybe for for me too, maybe part of the problem. And Eric, you touched on it with the first one is that the first movie had all of these these star basketball players, you know, that we that we grew up with. This movie, I didn't really know. If I think maybe two of the six basketball players that they pulled in, I knew of, and so that could be part of it too for me is that I just don't know basketball anymore, you know. Yeah, that's but I knew I knew who Anthony Davis is, and I knew Damian Lillard. I think that was it. That's what I was just gonna say. the The cameos were were literal, like just crammed in there because we did it the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. There was no depth to them. There was no. You didn't get anything. They 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 just they, they and they were barely in it as themselves before they were just computer generated things. Yep. yep. So they also had uh, Clay Thompson, and yeah, I believe they were, they also had a uh, 
WNBA player as well. Two, I think. Two. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I'm seeing that. Bluebird. Uh, Diana, and, uh, Diana Tarusi? I'm not too sure how to pronounce that. Um, Which is great. It's great to pull in and yep. WNBA players. I love that. But, again, I for me, I'm not a basketball fan anymore. So I don't really know anybody. Yeah. So I know LeBron. I, yeah. I knew the players, um, mm-hmm. including the WNBA players. But, like you said, I, I mean, I literally had to go Google it because it's so, like, their role is so forgettable that, um, you know, mm-hmm. like, I forget who it is. Like, I I didn't even, the only one I was remembering in my head was, like, okay, Anthony Davis was in it. And I'm probably remembering yep. that because he's LeBron's teammate in real life. Yep, um, exactly. And, you know, I don't think, and, you know, you can maybe back me up on this or not, but the the NBA players that are in the first one, like say like Charles Barkley. Now Anthony Davis is a great player, but I just feel like Charles Barkley is a much more memorable personality. And mm-hmm. same with like Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, great player, but he's not as memorable as some of the ones in the first movie. Um, yeah. And you know, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely off base here. But it feels like the late eighties and nineties of the NBA were like a golden age. Mm-hmm. And even when we were watching these movies, like when we were watching Space Jam, we knew Larry Bird and Michael Jordan and uh, you know Charles Barkley, these guys were like the epitome of basketball. Mm-hmm. Even while they were, you know, they had just retired. Bird and Jordan had retired, right? Barkley was playing. And, but we, there was something you just knew about their their presence in basketball. Where with this movie, like you're kind of saying, I don't, they're good players, but they don't have that that NBA appeal maybe. That like the whole world would know who they are. Yeah, and the thing is, is like there's players in the NBA today that they could have got that, and maybe they said no. I, I don't know, um, <laughs> but like there's there's players in the NBA today that could have filled that role better, probably. Um, and I, I think Anthony Davis makes sense, uh, even though he's not one of the most popular players in the league today. He's pretty popular and he is LeBron's teammate. So that makes sense. But when you look at someone like Steph Curry, who's, who's absent from this film and Clay Thompson's in it, who's essentially, and don't get me wrong, Clay Thompson's very good, but he's like a, a less, less good version. He's like a number two player on Steph Curry's team. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah. there's also other personalities as, as well that, you know, maybe would have been a bit more recognizable. I, I don't think Giannis is in this. Um, no. Russell Westbrook, maybe, who's also one of uh, LeBron's teammates now. Um, mm-hmm. James Harden is another one. Kevin Durant. There's there's a lot there's a lot of great options. Yep. With names that you that are more household mm-hmm. for even a non NBA fan. Sure. Like. I, I don't feel like any of these names really were that. Yeah. 
And and so I th- again, it feels like Eric said, you know, they they had cameos that didn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's hard to get connected to a movie when you don't see characters that are kind of household names. Yeah, and even the WNBA characters, like right off the bat, I'm thinking like Candace Parker, Brittany Griner. Like, you, you know what I mean? And again, it's possible that these people said no, and they did try, but <laughs> it's still still the same effect in the at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Um, so the, I will say the only thing I think I actually chuckled at, I don't remember if I groaned out loud or chuckled at, but it's when they were at halftime and they said they got Michael Jordan to come in and it turned out to be Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I agree. That was, that was pretty I thought, good. I thought that was like probably the only thing that was funny. Yeah. But even not funny, like eye roll funny. The, the only other thing I, I had, I sent this to a text uh, or to a friend by text. And there are two moments that I kind of laughed with the movie and not at it. One of them was that. And the other was like early in the, the film where LeBron makes a little joke about how, um, like when they were trying to get Superman and they were like, oh, we, we could have used Superman on the Cavs. I thought that was kind of funny and self-aware because there were definitely some years where LeBron was carrying that Cavs team. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of funny, I guess. But the rest yeah. of it, yeah. not really. <laughs> At the end of the movie, there's a a move that is that makes the game crash. So we we set this up in the beginning. Dom was playing it. He did some kind of move in the game and that forced the game to crash. So LeBron knew that if this move would happen, he would most likely crash. And then I guess they assume that when you when the game crashes, crashes and the glitch happens, you're deleted. And so they you know, they say no LeBron will do it to sacrifice himself, but then Bugs goes and does it and sacrifices himself. (laughs) And they win the game with Bugs' sacrifice. And so again, we meet a sad, depressed Bugs in the beginning of the movie, and now in a kid's movie, you're going to kill off the main Looney Tune character. All right, we know it's probably not going to stick, but they're trying to make it so damn impactful. (laughs) And it just... I. It just isn't. It's just stupid. Yeah. And, of course, somehow, you know, they win. Algorithm gets defeated. They're reverted back from their 3D selves into their 2D selves. And then everybody somehow gets beamed back out of the serververse. And then Bugs Bunny somehow is in the real world. (laughs) Which is where we should have started with both of these. That just somehow Bugs Bunny's in the real world. That would have solved a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, they throw in a very quick, like, his cartoon physics are what make him regenerate after he got deleted. But now everybody's in the real world. And probably the... So you said there are two things you chuckled at. The only other thing I think I chuckled at was now like Eric just said, where we should have started, the credits are the Looney Tunes characters interacting with the real world. And that, that would have been much more fun to see. It just would have made more sense. Like, yeah, 
the same way you have a Muppet movie and the Muppets are around. I mean, the Muppets yeah. aren't real, but they're here. It's, it's, and it, yeah, and yeah, is it just because they're it's, puppets that makes it easier to explain? Like, what's the difference? Just draw yeah. Bugs Bunny in. Just the end. He's here. It's funny yeah. that you keep going back to the Muppets well, because if you think about it from the 70s and 80s, like the Muppets were extremely popular, as were the Looney Tunes. They were the two main, yeah, and aside from like some Disney characters, they were the two main um, like cartoon slash puppet outside of Sesame Street that everybody knew about. You know, it was the Looney Tunes were one of the most popular cartoons, and the Muppets was an extremely popular variety type show. And it's really easy to draw parallels to them both because of the time that they were out, and now they're both trying to have a resurgence. But the Muppets have just done it so much better, and I think it's because they always were a part of the real world. There was never a question that they weren't real. In any of the variety shows, in any of the movies, they were just... They're there, and everybody accepts that they're there. Yeah, it, it seems like with... The Looney Tunes never really crossed over. Yeah, it, like it seems like with Space Jam, they're, they're way too caught up in trying to explain something that doesn't need to be explained. Like, I've never yeah. watched the Muppets mm-hmm. and thought, I'd really love to know all these specifics about where they came from and, like, how this world operates with some characters being puppets and some people being regular. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I just don't, and I, I assume it would be the same thing with the Looney Tunes. It's just weird that they felt the need to, like, go really in-depth and try and explain their presence. But yeah, I agree totally yeah. with what you guys were saying, where it's like, yeah, just put them in the movie and call it a day. You don't need to explain, like, every single character that exists and why they're there. Well, you could even, to make the joke funny and, quote, meta, you just have a scene with, like, Bugs Bunny at at a studio and like you could have the main character go what you're you're real i thought Mm -hmm. and then they show like you could show a set like having a legitimate green screen that looks like a cartoon background and be Mm -hmm. like ah it's all cgi yeah we all this is how it's always been done and then you could do like this cool meta like all the things that we've seen are actually filmed and the director's like, Oh yeah, yeah. We, we film with these guys. And it's like, wow, I didn't know that. And then move on. Yeah. They, you know, they've been hiding from society, but they live in the center of the earth through the Warner brothers logo. Obviously <laughs> they just come out to film with us. That's it. Well, at least at the end of the day, guys, at least at the end of the movie, LeBron takes Dom to game design camp. So if there's anything LeBron learned, it's that let his son be a geeky gamer. Yep, pretty much. That's about it. That's the lesson. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, Connor, I'm going to ask the age-old question. Did Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, ruin your childhood? Um, You know, I'm going to actually, and this might be surprising because of how we've just talked about the movie, but... I'm going to probably say no, only because, like I said, going in, my expectations were so low. Um, Mm -hmm. I never was like, I want a second Space Jam. Like, If I was like a huge Space Jam enthusiast as a kid, and I was like, man, I really hope one day we finally get the sequel, and then we got this, then yes, I would say yes. But because my expectations were so low, and that I never thought to myself that I wanted this movie 
Uh, I can say that no, it, it didn't ruin the original. Uh, it didn't ruin my childhood. I'm just gonna actively pretend it doesn't exist from here on out. Now that I've gotten all this out. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Eric, how about you? Did it ruin your your childhood? I mean, for you and I, it's gonna be more so the Looney Tunes. So uh, it no, it was just a, a mishandled attempt at 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 bringing them to the big screen. Um, but no, as far as destroying anything that the Looney Tunes were to me, which really wasn't that much more than a Saturday morning cartoon, and I had a couple of uh, Burger King glasses with their likenesses on them. Uh, I didn't uh, I didn't feel like it, it destroyed anything. It just... Because uh, they, they had moments where they were the Looney Tunes. I think there were better moments in the first Space Jam where they were legitimately themselves. Because, right. I mean, to, to the end that we didn't get to see like the Looney Tunes interact with the real world or the Looney Tunes that we didn't even really see the Looney Tunes interact with themselves. We didn't even see Bugs and Daffy really do anything. I mean, in the first one, yes. The second one, no. It's just, here's the cast and they're here for their one-note jokes when it's their turn and that was it. And ugh. Anyway, did it ruin it? No. I just, I don't know who's writing it. It takes a team of four people to write one movie like this. I think... At the very least, the three of us, we could lose one person and write a better film than <laughs> probably both Space Jams. I think you'd, you'd just combine them both, but uh, no, uh, it, didn't, it didn't ruin anything. It just, just like a lot of these movies, though, it makes me wonder who is producing it and who's getting patted on the back and like, yes, this is good. Do it. Yeah. Yep. So same thing for me. It didn't, it didn't ruin anything, but... It's just, it's just sad to see that they were. Warner Brothers was so hungry for the dollar sign that they forgot what made the Looney Tunes actually characters you care about, and that was their interactions with the main, the main ones especially. You know, Porky, Bugs, Daffy, the getting them together should have been something special after 25 years since the first Space Jam. And they didn't really do anything together. Like you just said, Eric, they didn't really interact. They had their one lines and that was it. And that's what's so hard to see in a movie like this is that you want to care about the characters. But it seems like Warner Brothers did everything they could to not make you care about their characters, but try to make you care about their brand. And that's just the wrong way to go with something that they're supposed to be like, nostalgia pulling or I, I, don't, I don't even know exactly how to say it but that's that's not right. what this movie should have been the movie wasn't about them at all right they right. were because because now that i'm even thinking about it this movie that the three of us are going to write uh you, just, you have star the lineage <laughs> <laughs> you have you have daffy you know he's he's always he's the rival to, to bugs you have him like midway through pull the betrayal and then he has to learn oh i guess i don't have to be jealous of bugs and there you go there's there's your movie right there here's your movie yeah there you, go. you know you don't need to create all this extra you know overly explained where'd they come from or anything you just hey here's some you know a couple of friends have a little spat and the one has to learn a lesson and there you go well technically they both yeah. have to learn lessons but yeah. <laughs> Well, but for me, it didn't ruin the childhood, but just made me sad to see where the Looney Tunes are now. 
Um, so with that, Connor, where can people find you out in, in the real world? Well, you can uh, follow me on YouTube, uh, ConnorFL, uh, and also on Boo Bros, which is like a collaboration channel with me and some other fun guys. We talk about horror, theme parks, you know, whatever else. And on Twitter, uh, ConnorFL1. Eric, how about you? Uh, you can find me in the center of the earth through a giant Warner Brothers logo. <laughs> Perfect. And for me, um, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fildimo, F-I-L-D-I-M-O. And also follow the podcast at Podcast Ruined on Instagram and Twitter. Connor, thank you for joining us on this very special back at Space Jam and Space Jam 2. Thanks for having me. Maybe one day we can come on here and it'll be a good movie we're talking about. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks again for being here. So everybody out there, we hope that you enjoyed our look back at Space Jam and Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, and we hope this look back didn't ruin your childhood. Could it be I've misunderstood this podcast ruined my childhood? Oh man. We were going to get emails and tweets and everything. (laughs) What was wrong with Connor's voice? (laughs) Took care of that right up front. So we're awesome now. We're good to go. (laughs) That's perfect. We'll just say you have a carrot stuck in your throat.